This is First News on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 6.04. A nice start to the morning. A few clouds around, but not so bad. Fair skies in our future for today after some, once again, valley fog, mainly in the river valleys, gets out of the way. That should clear out by about mid-morning. Sunshine today and a high in the low 80s. Right now, the dew point is at 50, so that's right in the upper level of the comfortable range. Johnson City Police are providing a little more information concerning a collision between a sport utility vehicle and a pedestrian near Wilson Hospital this week that sent the 19-year-old pedestrian to the hospital. Authorities now say the teen is listed in critical but stable condition, and video and other evidence collected from the scene shows she walked directly in front of the SUV. Police say they do not believe speed or other driver error factors were involved in the Wednesday afternoon incident on Baldwin Street. The unnamed 19-year-old girl reportedly stepped from in front of a parked vehicle on Baldwin Street between Floral Avenue and Grand Avenue and was hit by a southbound Toyota SUV at around 2.10 p.m. on Wednesday. The accident scene is within view of Wilson Memorial Regional Medical Center's campus. Johnson City police officers and detectives say they interviewed numerous individuals who were present at the time of the collision and collected video evidence from the area. Members of the New York State Police Accident Reconstruction Team were also called to the scene to assist. The incident remains under investigation. WMBF First News Time, 6.05. Endicott police are investigating the stabbing of a village man early yesterday during a reported dispute. Authorities say the 29-year-old man was injured in the incident shortly after 2.30 in an apartment and at Hillside Court Apartment Complex off West Main Street. Police found that the man had been stabbed in the left shoulder and left arm. He was taken to Wilson Hospital in Johnson City, where he was treated and released. 25-year-old Zephora Ramsir of Binghamton was taken into custody at the scene of the attack and charged with felony assault. Investigators say they believe Ramsir used a knife to stab the man in what was described as a domestic-type incident. Police returned to the scene later to search for the weapon, but were unable to locate it. WMBF First News Time 606, an incident in Delaware County that resulted in evacuation of a public building for a short time is evidence of what is the modern-day equivalent of the parlor game telephone. In that game, one person starts by whispering a word or phrase to the next person in a line of participants, and by the end of the line, the message most likely is drastically different. Authorities in Delaware County say they've determined reports about threats to public safety in the county that have been circulating on social media are unfounded. A posting on the Village of Delhi Police Facebook page says they found reports that someone threatened to shoot people at the courthouse started as a somewhat casual conversation in Walton. According to the police, a person made a remark that after many retellings of the conversation online turned into a perceived threat that again was passed along on social media. The posted information claiming someone planned to shoot up the Delhi courthouse caused enough alarm that at around 10.30 in the morning on Wednesday, a caller called 911 to alert the authorities. 
911 Center notified the Dell High Police and the courthouse area was evacuated and law enforcement officials began locking down nearby buildings. Authorities say while this incident turned out to be nothing, the person who dialed 911 did the right thing. Threats on social media are taken seriously and anyone with concern should notify their local authorities immediately. WMBF First News Time 608. A Johnson City man is accused of trying to outrun police in Tioga County. Tioga County Sheriff's officials say 37-year-old Kyle Wood is accused of failing to yield to officers trying to make a traffic stop July 3rd and speeding off. The Tioga County Sheriff's Office says Wood is charged with unlawfully fleeing a police officer in a motor vehicle, moving from a lane unsafely, driving as an unlicensed operator, driving an unregistered motor vehicle, reckless driving, and speeding through two separate speed zones. In addition, authorities say they turned Wood over to the City of Binghamton Police in connection with an active arrest warrant as well as a parole violation. Pennsylvania Election Agency is suing three Republican-controlled county governments to force their election boards to report primary results to include ballots with undated exterior envelopes. The Department of State this week sued Lancaster, Burks, and Fayette in Commonwealth Court. The complaint describes them as outlier counties that have not properly certified vote tallies in the May 17th election that included nominating contests for U.S. Senate, Governor, and most of the Pennsylvania legislature. It's 609 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Good morning. It is Friday, July 15th, 6.10 a.m. You're listening to First News with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Time for a check on traffic and weather on this early morning. New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate the construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately July 31st. Motorists should anticipate travel delays and build extra travel time into their schedule as construction activities are weather-dependent and are subject to change based on conditions. Starting this past Monday... The Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4. It's the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. And we have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. And now a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Check on weather. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton right now about 54 degrees, 87% humidity. 
can't even remember the last time I saw humidity under 70% here. Today, areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58. Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 84 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 64 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Sunday, a slight chance of showers, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m., partly sunny with a high near 85 degrees, chance of rain 40%. And Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 67, chance of rain is 40%. You're listening to WMBF. Some. Six fifteen here on WMBF. Now time for a check on sports. Last night, Joey Votto lined a tie-breaking double in the three-run tenth inning for a second go-ahead hit of the night, and the Cincinnati Reds beat the New York Yankees seven to six to earn an unexpected series win. Last in the NL Central, the Reds took two of three at Yankee Stadium from the top team in the majors. They blew a sizable lead for the second consecutive night, but this time recovered and held on. Aaron Judge hit his major league leading 31st homer to start a Yankees comeback in the eighth. Glaber Torres tied it four all with a two-run homer off Jeff Hoffman, costing Luis Castillo a win. Luis Castillo... It's a name that you could see flying around during the trade deadline here. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Very good pitcher out of Cincinnati. And let's be honest, what do the Cincinnati Reds really need Luis Castillo for this year besides to win some series against the New York Yankees that are not going to get them in the playoffs? I mean, at this point, the ship has sailed on the Cincinnati Reds. Update on Luis Severino. He's been placed on the 15-day injured list after leaving his start against Cincinnati with right shoulder tightness. Severino had an MRI that showed a low-grade strain to his right latissimus dorsi muscle. The lat. We call it the lat. The team did not have, did not yet have a timetable for his return. Manager Aaron Boone said it's the first real hiccup this season for a terrific New York rotation that's remained almost entirely healthy, a huge reason that the Yankees have built the best record in baseball. And the Yankees did reinstate reliever Jonathan Loisaga from the 15-day injured list. The right-hander had been sidelined since May 23rd with right shoulder inflammation. The team also selected right-hander Ryan Weber, to the Major League roster from AAA Scranton. I'm excited to get Jonathan Lewiska back. You know, a couple of years ago when Kevin Cash, the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, said, hey, you know, that Jonathan Lewiska, and at this time Lewiska was still a starting pitcher, said, that Jonathan Lewiska reminds me of Mariano Rivera. I was dumbfounded. You can't just throw up comparisons to the greatest closer of all time. You say, yeah, that... 20-something-year-old, the skinny kid, who reminds me of Mariano Rivera. I see it now, though. Loisga may not throw the traditional cutter that Mariano threw to everybody. I think it really also flies under the radar that Mariano Rivera only threw one pitch. That's it. He got everybody out with a single pitch. Everybody knew it was coming, and they still couldn't hit it. That's absurdly impressive. 
but Loisaga's sinker has really been a strong weapon for him ever since they abandoned the four-seam fastball. And, you know, the breaking stuff is pretty good, too. Just doesn't have the strength to hold up as a starting pitcher. So moving him to the bullpen was a great decision, and he's mostly been very good for the Yankees. Now you're looking at an eighth and ninth inning of, say, Jonathan Loisaga and Clay Holmes. It's a pretty good one-two punch in the back of the bullpen for the Yanks. Yesterday for the Mets, Carlos Carrasco pitched six sharp innings. Brandon Nimmo and Pete Alonso homered. And the New York Mets beat the Chicago Cubs 8-0. The Cubs have lost seven straight games. The Mets won for the third time in four games. Maintained their two-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta in the NL East. And improved their record to 28, their road record to 28-19. The Cubs have totaled three runs over their last three games. Thanks to Carrasco, Mets starters improved to 7-3 and three with a 2.55 ERA in 14 July games. Carrasco allowed only one runner to advance past first base. You know, it really flies under the radar that the Mets also have guys like Carlos Carrasco, Chris Bassett, even David Peterson has been good in stretches this year. And, you know, the top of the rotation looks like Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. I guess it's easy to forget that there's some other pretty solid pitchers in there, too. Mets might be looking to add a bat or two at the trade deadline, maybe a reliever. But right now in a really good position coming up on the All-Star break here for the Mets to find themselves in the postseason this year. I think that would be the first time since they went to the World Series in 2015. Other sports news. Tiger Woods is out on the course for his second round at the British Open, and he played it safe on the first hole this time. Woods found the middle of the fairway, the middle of the green, and two-putted for par. That's a whole lot better than in his first round. He had a wedge into the Swilkin burn from out of a fresh divot and ran up a double bogey on Thursday. The two biggest movers early in the second round at St. Andrews were Taylor Gooch and Paul Casey. They are players who have signed up for the Saudi-funded breakaway LIV Golf Series. And the Kansas City Royals overcame the absence of 10 unvaccinated players to beat the Toronto Blue Jays 3-1. This is a good sign for the Yankees there. Not that the Yankees should be particularly worried about the division right now. They do have a pretty hefty lead over everybody else, but it's always good to see a division rival lose a couple games. And DeAndre Ayton got his new deal from the Phoenix Suns, who simply weren't willing to let him walk away for nothing. The Suns quickly decided to match the $133 million four-year offer that the Indiana Pacers gave to DeAndre Ayton as a restricted free agent. The Suns had the right to do that. So he'll be returning alongside Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and some think that might take the Phoenix Suns out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, but we'll see about that. Something tells me that in basketball, Kevin Durant can just decide wherever he wants to go, and everyone else has to make it work somehow. Yesterday, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies got a win. Been a while since I said that. Binghamton Rumble Ponies scored six runs against the Erie Seawolves' one run. Had a bunch of RBIs there. A home run from Ritter. Bohanek, Cortez, and Vasquez. Also with RBIs. And Jose Buto threw a pretty good game. Six and two-thirds innings. Only one run allowed. 621. You're listening to WMBF. Want to say. News Radio 
Now it's time for Wall Street Now with ABC's Jim Ryan. The Dow Jones and the S&P suffered their fifth straight daily losses on Thursday. The Dow giving up 142 points, about half a percent, to close at 30,630. The S&P lost a third of a percent. The Nasdaq composite was fractionally higher. The investor gloom was inspired largely by earnings reports coming out of the major banks. Chase and Morgan Stanley both reported second quarter results that missed analyst forecasts. More banks released their earnings today. The Wall Street Journal says Amazon is cutting the number of items that it sells under its own brands. Amazon's private label activity has generated controversy because it competes with other sellers on its own platform. That has prompted antitrust scrutiny from lawmakers and regulators. Starbucks is closing 16 of its coffee shops, mainly on the West Coast, out of concern for workers' safety. The company cites increased violence and drug activity near those stores, six of which are in the Los Angeles area. Jim Ryan, ABC News. That was Jim Ryan from ABC with Wall Street Now. Now it's time for A Better Life with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. A Better Life with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. It turns out money can buy happiness if you spend it the right way. For years, a Princeton University study was the definitive word on this subject. It found that money could help make you happier, but not beyond an income of $75,000. Then, just last year, a study out of the University of Pennsylvania found day-to-day happiness levels do rise as someone earns more money. But each dollar buys a little less happiness, the study's author explained. In other words, a 10% raise means a lot to someone making $20,000, more so than someone making $200,000. I'll underscore this. This is only true of day-to-day happiness, not overall life satisfaction. So after you pay for all your living expenses, what should you spend your money on? Experiences, not things. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, helping you live a better life. If you're in healthcare, you know the power of data. At NRC Health, we know data isn't enough. Going beyond data to genuinely connect with each person is what really matters. That's the power of human understanding. At NRC Health, harnessing that power is everything, helping you improve care for everyone. It's the secret ingredient for the smartest healthcare systems. Go deeper at nrchealth.com. Attention, per the current government mandate, U.S.-based insurers are now required to cover at-home COVID testing kits with no out-of-pocket fees to you. If you have a current insurance plan, you are eligible to receive up to eight COVID-19 tests shipped to you each month absolutely free. As long as the government mandate is in effect, just visit testkitforfree.com to register now from the comfort of your own home. That's testkitforfree.com to receive your tests shipped to you at no cost. Go to testkitforfree.com today. Paid for by Tiro Health. News Radio 626 here on WMBF. Now it's time for a check on traffic and weather. Starting this past Monday, the Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I 81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather-dependent as they're removing the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. Department of Transportation is also advising motorists 
at the right lane of eastbound State Route 434, Vestal Parkway. It's closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate the construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately July 31st, so motorists should anticipate travel delays and build extra travel time into their schedules. And a road closure notice, Sherman Creek Bridge, located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed, and a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. So now they will help you get to work on time, or only slightly late. What's really the difference between on time and slightly late? Don't tell your bosses I said that. National Weather Service forecast, 54 degrees in downtown Binghamton right now. Humidity, 87%. Today, areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58. Tomorrow, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 84 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 64, 20% chance of rain. Sunday, a slight chance of showers, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m., but partly sunny with a high near 85, 40% chance of rain. And Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy, with a low around 67 and a 40% chance of rain. 629, you're listening to WMBF. It's time. on WMBF. Now it's time for an ABC Entertainment update. ABC Entertainment News. Let's go somewhere. A father-daughter road trip is at the center of the new movie, Don't Make Me Go, starring John Cho and teen newcomer Mia Isaac, who tells me she wasn't aware of her co-stars Harold and Kumar past when she booked the gig. So I remember, like, uh, getting off of the director's um, callback, and I was like, yeah, apparently I'm um, supposed to be working with this guy, John Cho, and my parents were like, John Cho! <laughs> and I was like, and then, of course, they, they had me watch everything, and I um, was a true John Cho fan by the time we got to New Zealand. <laughs> That seems like irresponsible parenting, if you ask me. <laughs> Don't Make Me Go is out today on Prime Video, opening wide in theaters this weekend. I had a family The adaptation of the wildly popular coming-of-age murder drama novel Where the Crawdads Sing will face off against the animated adventure Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Why do you want to be a samurai? And Oscar-winning actor Forrest Whitaker is 6-1 today. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. BF. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 54 degrees at 632. Our forecast today, maybe some areas of fog this morning, otherwise sunny and a high in the low 80s. The House is expected to vote on two bills that could restore and guarantee abortion access nationwide. It's the Democrats' first attempt at responding legislatively to the Supreme Court's seismic decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Legislation coming to the floor today stands almost no chance of becoming law, though, with support lacking in the 50-50 Senate. Yet it marks the beginning of a new era in the abortion debate as lawmakers govern.
governors and legislatures grapple with the impact of the high court's decision. Pro-Palestinian demonstrators have gathered in East Jerusalem ahead of a visit by President Joe Biden to a nearby hospital. The roughly two dozen protesters today were holding Palestinian flags and posters of Shireen Abdul Akleh, a Palestinian-American journalist who was killed in May while covering an Israeli military raid in the occupied West Bank. It was not clear if, if President Biden's motorcade was going to actually pass nearby. After two days of nonstop meetings with Israeli leaders, the president is visiting Augusta Victoria Hospital before heading to Bethlehem to meet Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas. Biden's visit today is a tactic acknowledged by acknowledgement of Palestinian claims to East Jerusalem. WMBF First News Time, 6.33. A Binghamton couple is accused of dealing drugs out of a Glenwood Avenue apartment. Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force arrested 46-year-old Arden Gordon and 32-year-old Sable Archer on Wednesday following a search of 62.5 Glenwood Avenue in the city of Binghamton. According to a news release from Broome County SIU, police recovered approximately 2.13 ounces of crack cocaine, 60 Percocet pills, a loaded Taurus TCP, P380 caliber handgun, around $1,300 U.S. currency suspected to be drug sale proceeds and drug packaging materials. Investigators say both Gordon and Archer are charged with five felony counts of criminal possession of a controlled substance, two felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon and criminal possession of stolen property, as well as two misdemeanor counts of criminally using drug paraphernalia. Both were sent to the Broome County jail. WMBF First News Time, 634. Broome County District Attorney's Office says the crackdown on illegal weapons continues with the sentencing of two men this week. A news release from Broome County District Attorney Michael Korchak's office says 30-year-old Denzel Duncan of Johnson City will serve six years in New York State Prison. Sentencing this week in Broome County Court comes after Duncan pleaded guilty to a felony charge of criminal possession of a weapon. Duncan admitted in court that on April 20 Fourth, he possessed a loaded 9mm pistol with the intent to use it unlawfully against another person. Back in April, Village Police reported Duncan was suspected of firing at a vehicle occupied by somebody he knew at around 8 o'clock on that Sunday morning. No one was hurt. He was taken into custody three days later on Arlington Street in the village. Initial charges against Duncan had included attempted murder and criminal use of a firearm in addition to three counts of criminal possession of a weapon. Meanwhile, for 47-year-old Eric Jones of Binghamton will serve three and a half years after pleading guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon. The Korchak's office says Johnson possessed a loaded 38 caliber revolver in the vicinity of Robert Street in the city of Binghamton, May 28th of 2021. Residents of Country Town Apartments reported hearing several gunshots around 8.30 in the morning and city police searched an area outside Building 20. Jones was found at, ho- at a home on Clinton Street later in the day and taken into custody today. WMBF First News Time, 636. Some residents of an Eastside Binghamton neighborhood are expressing outrage at an agency plan to build a 20-unit crisis center near their homes. Fairview Recovery Services submitted the proposal for a new three-story structure at its existing campus on the city's east side. The group is proposing constructing a new building and a parking lot to replace an addiction stabilization center now in operation on Court Street, just east of the site where the new Binghamton Fire Department headquarters is being built. 
The agency has operated various programs at the site off Fairview Avenue between Clapman and Merrick Streets for decades, but people who live near the Fairview Recovery Services campus have strongly criticized the project that would be built near their homes, telling the City Planning Commission it would destroy the neighborhood. Planning Commission members this week voted to reject Fairview's site plan for the project. Attorney Sarah Campbell, who is representing Fairview, requested that the final action be delayed until next month's commission meeting because some members were absent. It's 637 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. here on WMBF. You're listening to First News with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. And this weekend, tomorrow... I don't get any time off. No time off for (laughs) Kathy. Those headphones are something. I just noticed those. The batteries are dead. The batteries Uh, are dead. Do they light up? Yeah, the, the, the unicorn horn and the ears light up. Nice. Well, tomorrow... And the 6 a.m. morning show here on WMBF, Southern Tier Close-Up, our weekly local public affairs show. Pretty exciting show. We stress local. Local. Yes, local. It's all key. Everything is local here. Six hours of Not one of these network packages thing. No, it's the real deal. Yeah, I'm talking to the the head of the... The BMTS, Binghamton Metropolitan Transportation Study, which uh, that would be Jennifer Yankowski. We're talking about the 2023-27 Transportation Improvement Plan, otherwise known as TIPS. What that thing does is take everything that we need that needs fixing, the roads, the bridges, the airport, the public transit buses, things like that, and takes a look at that list and then takes a look at the list of the federal money that's available for the next five years and goes, hmm, What's a priority? I, I said to Jennifer when I was talking to her, I go, it doesn't make you real popular at parties, does it? And she goes, well, it depends on who's getting the money. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are getting allocations, then, yeah, she's pretty popular. The ones that are you know lower on the list, not so much. <laughs> but we'll be talking to her about that. You know, It's not real arbitrary. People sometimes think that the reason their street is getting fixed or not getting fixed you know, is just kind of a toss of the dice. No, it's there's a lot that goes into it. So you can learn all about that tomorrow morning at 6.03 on Southern Tier Close-Up. And if you missed it or any of the other editions of Southern Tier Close-Up for the past few years, you can go onto our website, get the instructions on how to sign up for our uh, podcast. And you can go back and check out all the previous shows. Yeah, that's fantastic. And as somebody with a hefty city planning background, I do take quite a bit of interest in things like what roads are we going to be fixing what infrastructure projects are we going to be working on stuff like that or those Uh, of us that are fond of our fillings and don't like them jolted out of our heads on bad roads we're kind of interested in it too yeah i still (laughs) feel like my tires are solid enough i'm not too worried about all those potholes or whatever we'll we'll get there though when i start to be like hey my tires kind of lose i'll send you on a few roads (laughs) yeah Yeah, send me around. You know what? I'll take the WMBF car. Yeah. The other thing, too, though, is is the airport. I mean, that is a really big issue. We've lost a lot of the uh, commercial carriers over the years, and they're still trying very hard to attract new carriers and the business and stuff like that. Because business travelers to and from Greater Binghamton, that is, you know, and plus the campus and all this other bunch of stuff. 
the condition of the airport and the services available is a big play in economic development for an area. So that's another thing that factors into whether or not we're getting the runways maintained and uh, what we can do to, to attract flights. We've got one little problem with the fact that our airport is right on top of a mountain and you can't have, like, the big, heavy planes coming in because the runways can't be made long enough. Why did we put an airport on top of a mountain? It was a long time ago, James. <laughs> a very long time ago. We had much smaller planes back much then. Much smaller planes, absolutely. Yeah. I guess planes are... I guess I would feel nervous if I was flying in on a runway, and I was like, oh, yeah. By the end of the runway, there's actually, like, there's nowhere to go beyond oh, that. you ever seen the video have of Have you the... ever flown in or out of BGM? No. Okay. No, yeah, not. it is. It's a thrill, because all of a sudden, the land disappears out from under you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a there's an airport. I don't remember where it is, but it's, like, right along a beach, like a really popular beach, and planes just come flying in, like, right over the beach, like, like 50 feet above... People. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't like that what, if I was on the plane. That's in the in the tropics someplace. Yeah, isn't it? it's like I'd a, be looking at it and being like, "That one looks a little low. <laughs> that that one looks a little lower." I mean, it used to be a thrill when we were kids, and there were—I don't even know if there was more traffic up at the airport or not. But they were small planes that would be coming in. But uh, there was a restaurant up there, and it would be a thing to do on Sundays: is go up to the airport for lunch at the restaurant and sit and watch the planes coming in. I mean, planes are cool. They're they're cool when you see them like really up close. Like when they're all the way up in the sky, like thousands I'm feet in the air. You're like, fan. I don't know, I can't really see that. But when you see them like really coming in on a runway, like now, have a you ever technological been, achievement? Have you ever been down in Delaware to the Air Force Base? Down, you know, the road that goes next to the Air Force Base. They the, some of the big cargo planes come in. Those things are so enormous. They're like flying, you know, multi-story apartment buildings or office buildings and they it looks like they're not moving mm-hmm. when they're in the sky and you wonder how anything like that can possibly stay up in the air yeah science is science is a wonder Whoa. and you know what i always think of is skydiving which apparently everybody loves to do now and it's like a it's no. a thing you know everybody says oh yeah Why i skydiving jump out of a perfectly exactly. good plane first of all it's ridiculous that we've just <laughs> accepted like oh yeah like we're gonna just trust this box of metal to hold us 30,000 feet in the air. We're and then just we're going to take it. a backpack full of nylon and jump out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I packed <laughs> the parachute right. I would never go skydiving no, 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 in my no, no, no. life. Bungee no, no, jumping, no, no, I would no, no, do. No, never go skydiving. No, not that either. No, no, no. At least no, I know. Like, all right, this you is rubber. You trust a piece of elastic? I don't. I've seen rubber bands break. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I would have to be over, like, I would, like they'd have to be another net underneath there. Be like, all right, if something does go horribly wrong, then we have a little backup I, net for I you. I have a net for you. It's called a butterfly net, and we haul you off to a special place. Yeah, you just take me out to a nice little field, and, and I'll catch the little bugs we'll, we'll, and call we'll it a day. We'll give you some yarn and a crochet hook, and you can you know make something nice. Yeah, there's no jumping off extremely high no, objects no, 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 in the no, butterfly no, fields. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's 644 on WMBF. New. on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. Starting this past Monday, the Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent as they're removing the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. 
The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal for the construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closures will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately July 31st. Motorists should anticipate travel delays and build extra travel time into their schedules. And we have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road. And the town of Sanford will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes. While the road is closed, an assigned detour route will be put in place during the closure. National Weather Service forecast. Right now, 54 degrees in downtown Binghamton. Humidity, 87%. Today, areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58 degrees. Tomorrow, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 84, 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 64, 20% chance of rain. Sunday, slight chance of showers, then chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m. Partly sunny with a high near 85 degrees and a 40% chance of rain. Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 67 and a 40% chance of rain. 648, you're listening to WMBF. Want to- here on WMBF. I've been informed that at the airport they actually extended the runways. That's not going to scare me any less being on a mountain. But it's good to know that you got a little extra room to work with there. Time for a sports update. Last night, Joey Votto lined a tie-breaking double in the three-run 10th inning for his second go-ahead hit of the night. And the Cincinnati Reds beat the New York Yankees 7-6 to earn an unexpected series win. Last in the NL Central, the Reds took 2-3 of three at Yankee Stadium from the top team in the majors. They blew a sizable lead for the second consecutive night, but this time recovered and held on. Aaron Judge hit his major league leading 31st home run to start a Yankees comeback in the 8th. Gleyber Torres tied it 4-all with a two-run homer off Jeff Hoffman, costing Luis Castillo a win. An update on Yankees pitcher Luis Severino. He's been placed on the 15-day injured list one day after leaving his start against Cincinnati with right shoulder tightness. Severino had an MRI that showed a a low-grade right latch strain. The team did not have a timetable for his return, but they also reinstated reliever Jonathan Loisga from the 15-day injured list. Loisga has been sidelined since May 23rd with right shoulder inflammation, so good to get him back. For the Mets, Carlos Carrasco pitched six sharp innings. Brandon Nimmo and Pete Alonso homered. And the New York Mets beat the Chicago Cubs 8-0. The Cubs have lost seven straight. The Mets won for the third time in four games, maintained their two-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta in the NL East, and improved their road record to 28-19. The Cubs have totaled three runs over the last three games. Thanks to Carrasco, Mets starters improved to 7-3 with a 2.55 ERA in 14 July games. Carrasco allowed only one runner to advance past first base. 
Very impressive. Carlos Carrasco. He has been through a lot on his journey to the Mets. Part of some really great Cleveland pitching staffs with guys, you know, alongside Shane Bieber, uh, Corey Kluber when he was still phenomenal. Trevor Bauer, even though we might not like Trevor Bauer, he's still a very good pitcher for Cleveland. Some good rotations out of there. Binghamton Rumble Ponies won last night, 6-1 to one against the Erie Seawolves. Got RBIs from Bohannon, Cortez, Ritter, and Vasquez. Ritter had a two-run homer in the second inning, his eighth of the year. So, a good win for the Rumble Ponies. Get back in action. Rumble Ponies are back tonight at 6.35. Pre-game starts at 6.20 on WMBF with Jacob Wilkins. 6.52. You're listening to WMBF. Here's a question. on WMBF, closing out the first hour here. Now it's time for Kim Commando. Consumer Reports says that the number one reason consumers don't buy an electric vehicle is their fear of a low battery with no recharging stations nearby. Depending on where you live, that's not unreasonable. But at Tesla, there may be even deeper trouble brewing. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by ExpressVPN. Secure your online data and get an extra three months free at expressvpn.com slash Kim. Tesla's autopilot has been plagued with some high-profile crashes, a few fatal. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has stepped up its autopilot investigation. The entire program is under the microscope, all of which makes this week's sudden resignation of Tesla's chief autopilot engineer, Andres Karpath, worth noting. Corporate insiders have this knack for knowing when to leave just before it all hits the fan. For his part, Elon Musk says a new version of autopilot is coming next month. But again, that's Elon Musk talking. Get more tech news with my daily podcast. It's perfect for walks and drives. It's called Kim Commando Today. Dell's Black Friday in July sale is here. Power productivity with a tech refresh. Now with up to 45% off top-rated laptops like the XPS, along with special deals on business desktops with Intel Core processors. Get big savings on the latest servers, storage, monitors, and more with free shipping and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Dell's Black Friday in July sale is here. Power productivity with a tech refresh. Now with up to 45% off top-rated laptops like the XPS, along with special deals on business desktops with Intel Core processors. Get big savings on the latest servers, storage, monitors, and more with free shipping and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. It's 6.56 here on WMBF. Time for another check on traffic and weather. Starting this past Monday night, the Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternate directions. On I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split, work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent as they're removing the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway 
is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately July 31st. So build some extra travel time into your schedule if you're taking eastbound Vestal Parkway. Sherman Creek Bridge on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed, and a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton right now about 54 degrees. Humidity 87%. Today, area of fog before 8 a.m. Might see that start to clear pretty soon. Otherwise, sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58 degrees. Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 84, 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms. Mostly cloudy with a low around 64 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Sunday, a slight chance of showers and chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m. Partly sunny with a high near 85 degrees, 40% chance of rain. And Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 67, 40% chance of rain. 6.58, you're listening to WMBF. Hi, this is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. here on WMBF as we're closing out the first hour of Binghamton's First News with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. we got two more hours coming up. And, of course, if you don't have a chance to listen to the show, you can listen to the podcast version of the show on our website, WMBF.com. Or if you don't have an actual hard radio with you, you can also listen on the WMBF app or the website. Either one is fine. As long as you're listening, that's what's important. That's what we truly care about, bringing local information to the people. Coming up next, our second hour of WMBF's First News, followed by hour number three. And then later today, Binghamton Now, our live and local talk show with our host, Bob Joseph. So if you want to call in, start thinking of questions now. 6.59, coming up next is ABC News. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 7.04. Beautiful day for flying. It's 55 degrees right now in Binghamton. Some fog in the valleys around the rivers, of course. Mostly sunny for today and a high in the low 80s. Endicott police are investigating the stabbing of a village man early yesterday during a reported dispute. Authorities say the 29-year-old man was injured in the incident shortly after 2.30 at an apartment at the Hillside Court 
apartment complex off West Main Street. Police found the man was stabbed in the left shoulder and left arm. He was taken to Wilson Medical Center in Johnson City, where he was treated and released. 25-year-old Zimfora Ramser of Binghamton was taken into custody at the scene of the attack and charged with felony assault. Investigators say they believe Ramser used a knife to stab the man in what was described as a domestic-type incident. Authorities have been unable to recover a suspect weapon. Johnson City Police are providing a little more information concerning a collision between a sport utility vehicle and a pedestrian near Wilson Hospital this week that sent the 19-year-old pedestrian to the hospital. Authorities now say the teen is listed in critical but stable condition, and video and other evidence collected from the scene shows she walked directly in front of the SUV. Police say they do not believe speed or other driver error factors were involved in the Wednesday afternoon incident on Baldwin Street. The unnamed 19-year-old girl reportedly stepped in from in front of a parked vehicle on Baldwin Street between Floral Avenue and Grand Avenue and was hit by a southbound Toyota SUV at around 2.10 in the afternoon. The accident scene is within sight of the Wilson Hospital campus. The Johnson City police officers and detectives say they interviewed numerous individuals who were present at the time of the collision and collected video evidence. Members of the New York State Police Accident Reconstruction Team were called to the scene to assist. The incident remains under investigation. A Johnson City man is accused of trying to outrun police in Tioga County. Tioga County Sheriff's officials say 37-year-old Kyle Wood is accused of failing to yield to officers trying to make a traffic stop on July 3rd and speeding off the Tioga County Sheriff's Office says Wood is charged with unlawful fleeing a police officer in a motor vehicle, moving from a lane unsafely, driving as an unlicensed operator, driving an unregistered motor vehicle, reckless driving, and speeding through two separate speed zones. In addition, the authorities say they turned Wood over to the City of Binghamton Police in connection with an active arrest warrant and a parole violation. As well as the charges in Tioga County, officials say Wood was issued appearance tickets and was ordered to appear in the Village of Wego Court next month. WMBF First News Time, 707. An incident in Delaware County that resulted in an evacuation of a public building for a short time may be considered evidence of what's a modern-day equivalent of the old-fashioned parlor game telephone. In that game, one person starts by whispering a word or phrase to the next person in a line of participants. And by the end of the line, the message most likely is drastically different. Authorities in Delaware County say they determined reports about threats to public safety in the county that had been circulating on social media were unfounded. A posting on the Village of Delhi Police Facebook page says they found reports that someone threatened to shoot people at the courthouse started as somewhat ca- casual conversation in Walton. According to the police, a person made a remark that after many retellings of the conversation online turned into a perceived threat that again was passed along on social media. The posted information claiming someone planned to shoot up the Delhi courthouse caused enough alarm that at around 10.30 in the morning on Wednesday, a caller dialed 911 to alert authorities. The 911 center notified Delhi police and the courthouse area was evacuated and law enforcement officials began locking down nearby buildings. Authorities say while this incident turned out to be nothing, the person who dialed 911 did the right thing. Threats on social media are taken seriously and anyone with concerns should notify their local authorities immediately. WMBF First News Time, 708. 
Ross Park Zoo is detailing plans for a shining new event starting in August to shine light on conservation. The Illumination for Conservation Lantern Festival will feature more than 40 nature-inspired lantern sculptures and begins on August 3rd, runs through October 16th. In addition to highlighting Ross Park Zoo's conservation efforts, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the American Wolf Foundation, Red Panda Network, and the Southern African Foundation for the Conservation of Coastal Birds. Executive Director Philip Gintner called the huge lantern display at the zoo breathtaking. Gintner says the Southside Binghamton Zoo is excited to bring the event in partnership with the Tianyu Culture. Gittner says the illuminated sculptures are unlike any other light shows with the added perk. They'll be on display in the zoo at night when many animals are more active than when visitors see them during normal zoo hours. It's 7.09 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Seven ten on this Friday, July fifteenth. Got to check on traffic and weather. Starting this past Monday night, New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I eighty one from exit six to exit four, the seventeen eighty one split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather-dependent as they're removing the old bridge, which carried Front Street, over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately July 31st. Motorists should anticipate travel delays and build extra travel time into their schedules. And we have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now it's about 54 degrees, 87% humidity. Today, areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58 Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 84 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 64, 20% chance of rain. Sunday, a slight chance of showers, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m., partly sunny with a high near 85 and a 40% chance of rain. Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 67, 40% chance of rain. 712 here on WMBF. WMBF. 7.15 here on WMBF. You're listening to First News. With myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Time for a sports update. 
Last night, Joey Votto lined a tie-breaking double in a three-run tenth inning for his second go-ahead hit of the night. And the Cincinnati Reds beat the New York Yankees 7-6 to earn an unexpected series win. Last in the NL Central, the Reds took two of three at Yankee Stadium from the top team in the majors. They blew a sizable lead for the second consecutive night, but this time recovered and held on. Aaron Judge hit his major league leading 31st home run to start a Yankees comeback in the eighth. Glaber Torres tied it for all with a two-run homer off Jeff Hoffman, costing Luis Castillo a win. Luis Castillo could be on the move in the next couple weeks. I know a few people who have him circled as a potential target for the Yankees. I don't know if I see that. Luis Castillo has been circled as a potential Yankees target at the trade deadline for like five years straight, so I highly doubt we're going to be seeing Luis Castillo in pinstripes anytime soon. Or, you know, just by saying that, I might jinx it, and the Yankees will acquire him at the trade deadline. I certainly jinxed the Yankees in this series, saying, oh, nice, easy midweek series against the lowly Cincinnati Reds. Well, we lost the series, so that's my bad, everybody. Yankees pitcher Luis Severino has been placed on the 15-day injured list one day after leaving his start against Cincinnati with right shoulder tightness. Severino had an MRI that showed a low-grade lat strain. The team did not have a timetable for his return. His first real hiccup of the season for a terrific New York rotation that's remained almost entirely healthy, which is a huge reason why the Yankees have built such a great record so far this year. The Yankees did reinstate reliever Jonathan Loisaga from the 15-day injured list. No, it's not going to help the starting rotation. Loisaga is a pretty solid, pretty solid, seems like an understatement. He is an elite reliever when healthy. One of the best at just, you know, strikeouts and ground balls. That's how you get outs in Major League Baseball. You don't want to allow fly balls. That's why Jay Happ never really worked out in Yankee Stadium. You know, fly balls, there's only so much you can do with a fly ball. But a ground ball, you can shift on a ground ball. If you get a strikeout, you don't even have to worry about that. For the Mets, Carlos Carrasco pitched six sharp innings. Brandon Nimmo and Pete Alonso homered. And the New York Mets beat the Chicago Cubs 8-0. The Cubs have lost seven straight. The Mets won for the third time in four games and maintained their two-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta in the NL East, improving their road record to 28-19. and The Cubs have totaled three runs over their last three games. Thanks to Carrasco, Mets starters improved to 7-3 with a 2.55 ERA in 14 July games. Carrasco allowed only one runner to advance past first base. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies were in action last night, and something I haven't said very often lately, they won. They won 6-1 against the Erie Seawolves in Erie, Pennsylvania. Got RBIs from Bohannik, Cortez, Ritter, and Vasquez. Ritter hit a two-run homer in the second inning for his eighth of the year. And Jose Buto pitched six and two-thirds innings, gave up one earned run at six strikeouts. So good game for the Rumble Ponies. They'll be back in action tonight at 635 in Erie. If you don't feel like driving all the way out there to see the Rumble Ponies play live, you can listen right here on WMBF pregame starting at 620 with Jacob Wilkins. Seven nineteen. Now it's time for Wall Street Now with ABC's Jim Ryan. 
From ABC News, Wall Street Now. The Dow Jones and the S&P suffered their fifth straight daily losses on Thursday. The Dow giving up 142 points, about half a percent, to close at 30,630. The S&P lost a third of a percent. The Nasdaq composite was fractionally higher. The investor gloom was inspired largely by earnings reports coming out of the major banks. Chase and Morgan Stanley both reported second quarter results that missed analyst forecasts. More banks released their earnings today. The Wall Street Journal says Amazon is cutting the number of items that it sells under its own brands. Amazon's private label activity has generated controversy because it competes with other sellers on its own platform. That has prompted antitrust scrutiny from lawmakers and regulators. Starbucks is closing 16 of its coffee shops, mainly on the West Coast, out of concern for workers' safety. The company cites increased violence and drug activity near those stores, six of which are in the Los Angeles area. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Want to say- I am hungry. You're always hungry. I am always <laughs> hungry. I should be eating more in the morning, but what am I going to do? we got to try to get them to uh, get us a, a grill to set up in the alleyway behind the building. I think I think that would be great for social media content, I think. And just having people stop by and be like, oh, yeah, here's Kathy grilling up on Foodie, Foodie Friday. Yeah, Juicy Lucy Burger. How about that? That sounds perfect. You didn't know me. what a Juicy Lucy Burger was. I had never heard of it before. But now that I've seen it, I will never stop thinking about it. I think it. some people call them, I, mean, I, I hate to call it an inside out burger because there's a chain of burger places called Inside Out, I think, or something like that, or In and Out. That's what it is, an in and out. But no, these are, um, it basically is two burgers, burger patties, and then instead of putting your cheese, or if you're going to have a cheeseburger on top, you stick it in between the patties. And it makes for, it. it's kind of like an arts and crafts project. In addition to cooking, you have to assemble it, right? Well, that's half food for, for some people. They like the presentation as oh, much as well, they like the no, taste. No, presentation is, is really important. But this when you bite into it, all the ooey-gooey goodness comes streaming out. And oh, it, yeah. It also helps keep the, the burgers nice and moist. So if you've never heard about a Lucy a Juicy Lucy burger, check out the recipe. And there's a lot of uh, suggestions about variations it can do with bacon and I did one one time as a uh, mushroom blue cheeseburger. You can go real gourmet with it, or you can just be real basic. That's kind of something fun to do. And you mentioned that presentation is really important. I was checking out Down to Earth Whole Foods' Facebook page, which is we encourage you definitely to do when you're checking out Foodie Friday. Make sure you pay attention to what our friends over at Down to Earth Whole Foods are doing. And they had a photo that was absolutely gorgeous of a beautifully decorated fresh blueberry pie. You want fresh ingredients, organic ingredients, things that aren't shot up with antibiotics and everything else. We encourage you to go see our friends at Down to Earth Whole Foods, 305 Grant Avenue in Endicott. Now, breakfast yesterday, they had uh, like a tray, a platter that was pancake, bacon, and eggs. They do breakfast in the morning. They're open in just a few minutes. They open at, uh, at 8 o'clock. They um, also have delivery available, $25 or more delivered right to your door, up to 25 miles. They even have a monthly sales flyer. You can check out deals and things like endangered species chocolate on cherries, soda, juices, and more. That's down to earth Whole Foods, 305 Grant Avenue, Endicott. Call 607-785-2338. Once again, they're open seven days, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we thank them, Johan and the gang, for helping to bring Foodie Fridays your way at WNBF.com. It's 7.24 here on WMBF. Now time for ABC's Political Insights. 
Now your political insights from ABC News. After getting a request for text messages sent during the Capitol attack, the Secret Service erased them. That's the finding of a Homeland Security Inspector General. The report says the Secret Service first said it erased those January 5th and 6th, 2021 messages as part of a program to replace agent devices. But the inspector discovered those texts were erased only after they got a request to turn them over. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton suing to stop President Biden's order that reaffirms an emergency medical treatment law saying Texas or any state cannot stop a doctor from using abortion to save a woman's life. Paxton saying Texas won't let Mr. Biden interfere in their law. Planned Parenthood firing back, claiming Texas Republicans are so extreme on abortion that they object to saving women's lives in a medical emergency. A federal judge makes the next decision. Andy Field, ABC News. News Radio 1290, WMBF. 7.27 here at WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. Starting this past Monday... The New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent as they remove an old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closures will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately July 31st. Motorists should anticipate travel delays and build extra travel time into their schedule. Construction activities are weather-dependent and subject to change based on conditions. And we have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton right now about 54 degrees, humidity at 90%. Today, areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58. Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 84 degrees, chance of rain 20%. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 64 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Sunday, a slight chance of showers, and chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m., partly sunny with a high near 85, 40% chance of rain. Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy, with a low around 67, chance of rain is 40%. 729, you're listening to WMBF. Seven thirty-one. Now, time for an ABC Entertainment update. ABC 
Entertainment News. Let's go somewhere. A father-daughter road trip is at the center of the new movie, Don't Make Me Go, starring John Cho and teen newcomer Mia Isaac, who tells me she wasn't aware of her co-stars Harold and Kumar past when she booked the gig. So I remember, like, uh, getting off of the director's um, callback, and I was like, yeah, apparently I'm um, supposed to be working with this guy, John Cho, and my parents were like, John Cho! <laughs> and I was like, and then, of course, they, they had me watch everything, and I um, was a true John Cho fan by the time we got to New Zealand. <laughs> That seems like irresponsible parenting, if you ask me. <laughs> Don't Make Me Go is out today on Prime Video, opening wide in theaters this weekend. I had a family once. The adaptation of the wildly popular coming-of-age murder drama novel Where the Crawdads Sing will face off against the animated adventure Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Why do you want to be a samurai? And Oscar-winning actor Forrest Whitaker is 6-1 today. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Looking for this is WNBS First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 55 degrees at 733. The forecast for today. Once we get rid of some fog in the river valleys, sunshine and a high getting into the lower 80s. Ukrainian officials say Russian missiles that hit a city in central Ukraine killed at least 23 people and wounded more than 100 others, including children, while dozens were missing. Officials say the missiles fired from a Russian ship in the Black Sea struck a medical center stores and residential buildings in Vinnytsia, a city southwest of Kiev. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is accusing Russia of intentionally aiming missiles at civilians and repeating his call for Russia to be declared a state sponsor of terrorism. Senator Joe Manchin has told a fellow Democrat, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, that he will oppose an economic measure if it includes climate or energy provisions or boosts taxes on the rich or corporations. Manchin's demands upend party leaders' hopes for more sweeping package and leaves the measure, measure's future unclear. The West Virginia senator derailed his party's far bigger and wider-ranging social and environmental package last December. Sources say now Manchin has told Schumer he will only support a package limited to curbing pharmaceutical prices and extending federal subsidies for buying health care coverage. The names of the 10 black people massacred by a white gunman were read aloud outside the Buffalo supermarket where they died two months after the racist attack. A bell tolled after each name and a ceremony yesterday marking the Topps supermarket's reopening. Customers return this morning. Employees, neighbors, and elected officials toured the overhauled store. Near the entrance, mirrors reflecting cascading water stand on both sides of a poem by Buffalo's Poet Laureate, which begins, quote, Let the hopeful healing waters flow. The decision to reopen the tops rather than relocate the store has been met with mixed emotions. WMBF First News Time, 735. A Binghamton couple is accused of dealing drugs out of a Glenwood Avenue apartment. The Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force arrested 46-year-old Arden Gordon and 32-year-old Sable Archer Wednesday following a search of 62.5 Glenwood Avenue in the city of Binghamton. According to a news release from the Broome County SIU, the police uh, recovered approximately 2.13 ounces of crack cocaine, 60 Percocet pills, a loaded Taurus TCP 380 caliber handgun, 
about $1,300 of cash, suspected drug sales proceeds, and drug packaging materials. Investigators say both Gordon and Archer are charged with five felony counts each of criminal possession of a controlled substance, two felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon, and criminal possession of stolen property, as well as two misdemeanor counts each of criminally using drug paraphernalia. Both were sent to the Broome County Jail. Broome County District Attorney's Office says the crackdown on illegal guns continues with the sentencing of two men this week. In a news release from Attorney General Mike Korchak's office, 30-year-old Denzel Duncan of Johnson City will serve six years in New York State Prison. He pleaded guilty to a felony charge of criminal possession of a weapon. Duncan admitted that on April 24th he possessed a loaded 9mm pistol with the intent of using it unlawfully against another person. In April, the village police had reported Duncan was suspected of firing at a vehicle occupied by someone he knew at around 8 o'clock in the morning that Sunday. No one was injured. He was taken into custody three days later on Arlington Street in the village. Initial charges against Duncan had included attempted murder and criminal use of a firearm in addition to three counts of criminal weapon possession. Meanwhile, 47-year-old Eric Jones of Binghamton will serve three and a half years after pleading guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon. Korchak's office says Johnson possessed a loaded 38 caliber revolver in the vicinity of Robert Street in the city of Binghamton on May 28th of 2021. Residents of the country town apartments reported hearing several gunshots around 830 in the morning and city police searched an area outside Building 20. Jones was found at a home on Clinton Street later in the day and taken into custody. WMBF News Time. It's 737 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Here's a quick. News Radio 1290, hours chit chat because on the way out of last hour's chit chat kathy dropped a little nugget for me about her weekend plans and it was something <laughs> they, they plan stuff we, we, you know we i talk a lot about our where we go camping and like with many campgrounds there's lots and very fine campgrounds all over our area and they plan activities for the campers to, if you want to participate, you can. If you don't want to participate, then, you know, sit in your camper or sit take a walk or whatever you want to do. Go out, take the kayaks out on the lake. Well, this weekend, the theme, and this is the first time they've done it, this this weekend's theme where we're going is uh, Hillbilly Weekend. Oh, my God. In very rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> I say, this is, this is more what I expected when I moved upstate to Binghamton. But Not is, so much in something. Binghamton, but, but like outside Binghamton, like what people would do on the weekends. Yeah, we're going to go hiking and we're going to participate in something called Hillbilly Weekend and throw corn on the cob into toilets and stuff like that. No, that's one of the, the games, and I've never heard of it before. And it's not something that everyone does. Although I still don't understand the whole concept of cornhole. Why are you throwing bean bags into a hole if it's called cornhole? But this is uh, they, one of the activities was tossing corn cobs through toilet seats. But they're going to have bluegrass bands and, and things like that. What's really awesome, and they've had this before, and they, like I said, this is the first weekend they've had a hillbilly-themed weekend. 
but uh, in past weekends down there, they uh, brought in this guy from outside the area that goes usually to fairs and things like that. And they bring in this guy that has this awesome fire roaster that's it's very tall. And he, I don't remember how many ears of corn the guy can put in this thing. And he fire roasts corn on the cob and there's all sorts of toppings if you like it the uh, mexican street food uh kind with the you know, oaxaca cheese and the stuff like that on you know that you can just go butter and salt like the way i like it but it's that is just absolutely awesome and we're getting into corn season pretty soon so i'm looking forward for, to that but yeah one of the events was was throwing corn cobs through toilet seats yeah as, aside from that event and aside from the name itself like, it sounds like something on a normal weekend, I would be like, wow, like, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to do that. There's going to be bands. There's going to be games. There's going to be all this fun stuff to do. Cheap and then you food. Hear it. Yeah, cheap food. That's my favorite, of course. Anything with the word cheap in front of it. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, it's really nice. There's lots of different fun things to do. Now, the Lumberjack Festival is, is coming up, too. That's out in deposit. That's something that's always fun to do. And that's something where your preconception of what we do out in this area <laughs> It's going to get some confirmation there. Well, you know, it's a lumberjack festival, you know. Yeah. I'll say I, I didn't expect Binghamton itself to be like that because I've been to Binghamton before. Like I know people who went to school here. My brother went to school. Like, I've been here before. I just expected, like, on the weekend, the locals say, okay, let's go to the Adirondack Mountains and do mountain people stuff. Uh-huh. Like, okay. Yeah, okay, the 46th Annual Deposit Lumberjack Festival uh, starts today and deposit. And they got all sorts of stuff going on with music and lumberjack and actually competitions. I mean, this is, a, this is what they do. There's You've seen lumberjack competitions, right? Yeah, they're awesome. They're all over the place, tractor pulls, and, and the, you know people come from Canada and all over the place. So that's uh, they're having that out in deposit if you want to see some more manly things oh yeah you're seeing um in scotland they have a, a whole event yes, where the they scottish gate the scottish yeah gates. they just throw telephone poles around it's, like it's, it's a nothing. caber toss and, uh, toss the caber yeah one of my teachers in high school used to do that he used to like take time off and, and I've been go to out scotland. and participate in events been, like that i've been to scotland many times i've never been i've oh, never been to ireland either despite the fact that i'm irish and no, everyone in my family ireland. has been to ireland i've it's been to, never i've been to just scotland worked out for me I love the Highlands more than, like, well, I love Edinburgh, but I wasn't real fond of Glasgow. But, um, yeah, I've been to Scotland several times, and it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I, I greatly recommend it. Yeah, I'll get there eventually. I won't toss a caber, though. Yeah. 743 here on WMBF. BS. Seven forty-six here on WMBF. Time for another check on traffic and weather. Starting this past Monday night, the Department of Transportation is conduct- conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I eighty-one from exit six to exit four. The seventeen eighty-one split work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent, as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I eighty-one. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road and Vestal. 
to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained, and it's expected to last until approximately July 31st. Motorists should anticipate travel delays and build extra travel time into their schedules. Construction activities are weather-dependent and subject to change based on conditions. Now we have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes. While the road is closed, a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. It's 54 degrees right now. Humidity, 87%. Today, areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58. Tomorrow, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 84 degrees. Chance of rain, 20%. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms. Mostly cloudy with a low around 64. Chance of rain, 20%. Sunday, a slight chance of showers. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m. Partly sunny with a high near 85 degrees. Chance of rain, 40%. And Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms. Mostly cloudy with a low around 67. Chance of rain, 40%. 749 on WMBF. 7.51 on WMBF. Time for a check on sports. Last night, Joey Votto lined a tie-breaking double in a three-run tenth inning for his second go-ahead hit of the night, and the Cincinnati Reds beat the New York Yankees 7-6 to earn an unexpected series win. Last in the NL Central, the Reds took two of three at Yankee Stadium from the top team in the majors. They blew a sizable lead for the second consecutive night, but this time recovered and held on. Aaron Judge hit his major league leading 31st home run to start a Yankees comeback in the eighth. Claybert Torres tied it at four all with a two-run homer off Jeff Hoffman, which cost Luis Castillo a win. And New York Yankees pitcher Luis Severino has been placed on the 15-day injured list one day after leaving his start against Cincinnati with right shoulder tightness. Severino had an MRI that showed a low-grade strain to his right lat. The team did not have a timetable for his return, but they did return Jonathan Luizga from the 15-day IL. The right-hander had been sidelined since May 23rd with right shoulder inflammation. For the Mets, Carlos Carrasco pitched six sharp innings. Brandon Nimmo and Pete Alonso homered. And the New York Mets beat the Chicago Cubs 8-0. The Cubs have lost seven straight games. The Mets won for the third time in four games, maintained their two-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta in the NL East, and improved their road record to 28-19. The Cubs have totaled three runs over their last three games. Thanks to Carrasco, Mets starters improved to 7-3 with a 2.55 ERA in 14 July games. Carrasco allowed only one runner to advance past first base. 
The Binghamton Rumba Ponies came away with a win last night against the Erie Sea Wolves on the road. Got RBIs from Bohannic, Cortez, Ritter, and Vasquez. Ritter hit a two-run homer in the second inning for his eighth home run of the year, and the Rumble Ponies won 6-1. to one. So finally some offense for the Rumble Ponies after a pretty quiet week and a half or so. Rumble Ponies will be back in action tonight at 635 against Erie on the road. So if you don't plan on driving all the way out there just to see a baseball game, you can listen right here on WMBF. Pre-game starts at 6.20 with Jacob Wilkins. 7.53 on WMBF. on WMBF. Time for another check on traffic and weather as we close out our number two of first news here. Starting this past Monday night, New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns and alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. New York State Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained, and the lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately July 31st. Motorists should anticipate travel delays and build extra travel time into their schedules. And we have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. And a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Check on weather right now in downtown Binghamton. It's about 54 degrees, 87% humidity. Today, areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 58. Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 84 degrees, chance of rain 20%. Tomorrow night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 64 degrees, chance of rain 20%. Sunday, a slight chance of showers, and a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m. Partly sunny with a high near 85 degrees, chance of rain 40%. Sunday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 67. And the chance of precipitation is 40%. 7.58, you're listening to WMBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Closing out hour number two here on Binghamton's first news. Myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White, coming up in about an hour. Love the start of Bob Joseph's live and local talk show. Your chance to participate in the show. Running from 9 to 12. So start thinking of questions that you want to ask Bob. And as always, let's see if we can close out the week 
by making Bob Joseph sweat a little bit a little bit on air. That's always what I hope for. Coming up next, we'll have ABC News, followed by a, another update from Kathy White on some more local news and another hour of first news on WMBF.